Welcome to the Work From Home edition of Market Week in Review for the week ending May 22nd, 2020. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, and I'm joined today by Megan Roach, Senior Portfolio Manager for Russell Investments. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Sophie. It's a pleasure to see you. You too. We don't get to see each other in person. At least we get to do this virtually. Um, Exactly. I was hoping that we could uh, get your insights on three topics that have sort of been making headlines this week. The first is um, economic data releases, what was released around the world that caught your eye. Mm -hmm. What have been some updates in terms of government policy actions this week? And then lastly, and in some ways most importantly um, for people's portfolios is how did equity markets react this week? Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. So maybe start us from the top. What were some of the economic data releases that you found interesting and relevant? And what was your take on them? Sure. So it was a relatively quiet week in terms of economic data, actually. We had two things come out yesterday that I think are worth touching on. Uh, One was the weekly jobless claims report, and the other was the flash data on manufacturing and services PMIs. So first on the weekly jobless claims, if you recall a couple months ago, we had the most staggering number, um, nearly 7 million uh, new people filing for unemployment in the U.S. That was two months ago, the last week of March. That number has steadily come down um, to 6, 5, 4 million. And then for the last two weeks, um, about 3 million new filers. So that was the number that came out yesterday. It was pretty steady relative to the prior week. Uh, On the economic data side, basically shows things are are still pretty bad, um, but maybe getting less bad at this point. So on the flash PMIs for manufacturing in the U.S., that number rose from 36 to 39. On the services sector, that reading rose from 26 to 37 over the past month. And then also within the Eurozone, we saw their composite PMI indicator move from the teens to about 30. So granted, anything below 50, if you recall, is still contractionary. It still indicates that things are getting worse. And the survey results also focus on change factors. So sometimes when there's zero economic activity, it can't get worse than that. So people will report that that things are unchanged. So at, at this point, we're kind of at a steady state. It's not necessarily a rosy picture, um, but those numbers going higher is better than them going lower at this point. Yeah, that does sound sort of encouraging. What are your? <laughs> We're trying. I know. I, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing your part too, Megan. Um, I, I'm curious. What do you think are the chances that this might persist? I mean, is this the beginning of a new trend of improvement, or is this a momentary lapse that we should be grateful for right now, but not expect to see continue? What is your sense there? Definitely, the swing factor is the progress on reopening economies around the world. That's we've seen lots of headlines about that throughout the week. Um, Countries are really focused on how quickly, but also how safely they can get people back to work. At this point, a large portion of the about 39 million Americans who have filed for unemployment, that's all those week over week numbers added together. A lot of those are considered to be temporary at this point. So it will really be about whether folks can get back to work um, or whether some of what portion of those job losses will become permanent. That's why we've seen such motivation to reopen industries, even in a limited capacity, particularly in areas like restaurants, auto manufacturing, tourism and casinos over the past couple of weeks. Um, We see this and we see it happening globally around the world with news um, of reopenings and travel restrictions uh, being relaxed in Italy, Germany and Spain this week, as well as the majority of states within the U.S. as well. 
That's helpful. Now, I know that um, governments have been very active, um, especially on, on the policy side. Have we seen any new developments this week? And if so, which ones were of most relevance in your mind? Yeah, we definitely continue to see signs of support. Um, on Monday, uh, Chairman Powell made a statement uh, saying that we're not out of ammunition by a long shot as it pertains to the remaining capital that the Federal Reserve has to spend uh, to backstop the U.S. economy. Uh, the Canadian government extended wage subsidies and small business loans, and the EU is working on an additional 50 billion uh, euro recovery fund, and that would be on top of basically that much already agreed upon in the first stimulus plan. So those were definitely positives in terms of additional actions being taken around the world. What did give the markets um, and investors a little bit of consternation this week was U.S.-China relations. Um, the U.S. passed, the U.S. Senate passed a bill on Wednesday addressing investor protection concerns that could bar some Chinese co uh, companies from listing on American exchanges. That, on top of ongoing issues uh, related to the pandemic, global supp supply chains, and relations uh, between U.S. companies uh, and China related to the Phase One trade deal, uh, China's announced plans to impose a national security law on Hong Kong. Those have all kind of brought U.S.-China relations uh, back into the spotlight this week. Interesting. So some developments and some sort of we're coming full circle to what, what life was like before a little bit. Or exactly. Headlines from before. Um, what about equity markets? How did they react? Um, were, you know, were they up? Were they down? Were there pockets that had different reactions? Yeah, um, I would say it was a generally pretty a positive week. Um, a lot of equity market gains came on Monday when news of a successful phase one vaccine trial uh, really jump-started the week. And uh, through the week, there was a moderate volatility, but we basically held those gains. So markets look to be ending the week uh, in global developed markets up about 4%. That's been led by small and mid-cap stocks that are up about twice that. Uh, oil also, also steadily increased uh, through the week uh, above $30 a barrel, which is the first time that's happened since early March. And sector leadership was notably geared toward more cyclical sectors that are expected to benefit the most as we get back to normal economic activity. So that would be sectors like energy, industrials, and consumer discretionary. Thank you, Megan, so much for joining us and for your insights. Uh, I think we'll, we'll stop there now. That's all we have time for today. Plus, we'll end on, on a positive note there and hope that that sustains us through um, the holiday weekend, at least in the U.S. Uh, so thank you very much, Megan. Thank you, Sophie. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back again soon. <laughs>